When you have people who care and love uh, around you, I think that's probably one of the driving forces that gets you to be able to do uh, what you want to do and ser search it out. But that most important love is something that you have to find within yourself. Because that self-love, that understanding of your own self is probably going to be the biggest drive that um, God has given you. I'll give you a little bit of background. I've been really nervous about coming up here today. And generally, I do not have a problem public speaking. But this is a pretty intimidating kind of area. The intellect that surrounds me is quite overwhelming. Uh, I was not a terribly, go terribly good student. As a matter of fact, I practically didn't graduate high school. Not much different than a lot of um, the people who have surrounded us today. So I needed to find an outlet for myself. I really wanted to be a singer and a dancer. And I couldn't sing and I couldn't dance. So then <laughs> what was left for me? Um, my father was in fashion. My mother was in fashion. So I guess the thing that was easiest for me to do was to pursue the field of fashion. I wasn't really interested in being a fashion designer, so uh, <laughs> how I got to be where I am today is pretty shocking to me, so I'll, I'll try to get through it as easily as possible. I started working in a clothing store when I was 14 years old because uh, I grew up in an area, a fairly wealthy area, but I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks and I needed some money to go to college. So I started working when I was 14, and if there's anything that I, I kind of feel badly about today is I haven't stopped working since I was 14 years old, and I haven't had that summer vacation yet. So, uh, but it's never really like work, because what you do if you love it, it is not about work. It is sort of a way of life. So, case okay, there someday maybe I'll be able to take that long vacation. Anyway, after 14 and I was working in a clothing store, I was very, very good at selling clothes and understanding women and actually young kids, because young kids never want to listen to their parents about what to wear, so it was easier listening to a, sort of like a friend, so we would talk. And I kind of got them through what clothes were all about. Um, as a side project, because I couldn't stand reading and writing and arithmetic, I found myself lost in the art room in high school, whereupon the school told me that I wouldn't be able to get into college because I couldn't graduate high school unless I started going to school. But I was going to school. I just not happened to, you know, go in for attendance. I would hang out in the art room and make clothes. I mean, it was, it was something easy and comfortable. My, I sort of would go up to my mother's showroom where she worked on 7th Avenue, take some fabric and, and make clothes. And I sort of think of myself more like Isadora Duncan. Um, I put on a bodysuit and would dance and play around with fabrics. And that was my way of creating sort of my little fantasy world. There's no riding in convertibles. Oh. <laughs> so after I would, um, I, <laughs> I love scarves and I love fabric and I love movement. And I love the whole sensuality of the body. And that was sort of my way of experiencing dance. So what happened was I started fashion. I went into Parsons School of Design, and uh, I was accepted on probation because I really didn't go to school. Nobody thought that I, I could make it in any school of any sort. But at Parsons, they told me I'd never become anything, and I failed draping. So I had to go to summer school. Um, in summer school, I couldn't stand the discipline of school. So after that, um, I got a summer job. 
So on the summer job, I walked into this office, World Van Klein, and she says, take a walk for me. I said, why? She says, your hips are too big. I said, wait, wait a second. <laughs> I don't want to be a model. So she says, no, 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 take a walk. I said, no, what do you want to do? I said, well, I don't know. How about sharpening pencils? I'm not really particular as long as I could work. She says, well, how much do you want to get paid? I said, I don't want to get paid. I just want to have the experience. So she says, well, this is cool. Okay, you can hang out. And with that, I started working at Ann Klein on the summer job. But what happened then, she recommended that I don't go back to college, so I never went back to Parsons School of Design. She felt that on-the-job training would be what I needed. Well, that was great, and I stayed there morning, noon, and night, and in this industry, you work seven days a week and all night long. And that's what I proceeded to do, except that I was so frightened that she fired me, because I was so intimidated by the grandeur of Ann Klein that I just, I couldn't make it. Um, and one of the things that I'd like to tell you is don't get worried if you don't make it on your first job, because there's the second, third, and fourth, and fifth. <laughs> After my first job getting fired, um, I went to another job where I excelled, and it was kind of one-to-one -one communication. But I was really obsessed with my failure. I couldn't sort of deal with it, so I called Ann Klein up and I said, can I come back to work for you? I think I got it this time. So I went back to work for Ann, and uh, I became her associate designer. It was just the two of us. But during that time of my life, what I really wanted to do was be a mother, because one of the worst things in the world for me was a working woman. I mean, that was the last thing I ever wanted to pursue. What I wanted to be was a mother, and um, kind of give my child the kind of childhood that I didn't have because I came from a working parent. So you never want to be like your mother or your father, at least, I don't know, I didn't. <laughs> so what happened was um, I was conflicted with everything and I got married and I had a baby and I was working and when, now my life was going to be organized because I would have a work and, but basically I was going to be a mother. Unfortunately, at that moment in my life, I was nine months pregnant and my boss took sick. She had uh, cancer. And in those days, nobody discussed the word cancer. I had no concept of how ill she was, but one day she said to me she had a fever and she had to go home, and that was the last day I saw her. I was nine months pregnant, stuck with this company all by myself, and saying, oh, wow, what do I do? So I was praying that the baby would not come. And I was 10 days late, thank God. And they had the water in the bucket all ready to go, but the collection had to be done. So with that, um, Anne was in the hospital, which I found out later, and I then went into labor. So they took me off to the hospital to have my baby, and my, um, my other boss, Ann's partners, called me up, well, when are you getting back to work? And I said, excuse me, would you like to know whether I had a boy or a girl? And they said, no, the collection is due. And I said, hey, wait a second, you don't get it. I just had a baby. I can't come back to work. She says, no, the line is due. You've got to come back to work. I said to the doctor, well, when can I go back to work? And they said, well, you can't. Um, they said, well, that's good. We'll bring the work to you. So with that, they piled up the entire company into my house. And I was really excited about this moment because what was going to happen is everybody was coming to see my baby. 
So I had this new house and all the clothes and the concept and the entire organization was now coming out to look at my new baby girl, Gabriella, who is absolutely divine. And I get a phone call that my boss just died. I said, hey, wait a second. This is not in the cards. What do you mean she just died? And she says, well, you've got to finish the collection. You've got to do it. And I said, wait a second. I just became a mother. I'm going to take care of my baby. There's no way I'm going to deal with this. But I had a responsibility, and I did have to go to the office and complete my responsibility. So for the next month or so, I left my little baby at home, which is probably one of the most difficult decisions I have ever had to make in my life. But I had to go to work to take care of a company that was really dependent upon me, which is, in fact, what I did. I proceeded to take over and you know, do the collection. I had no concept whether I could do it or not, because you know, I was a good assistant, but could I really handle the responsibility? I, took a, uh, I did the collection, and to my surprise, uh, everybody really loved it. It was very, very exciting. And I walked out there, and the next thing I noticed that there were headlines, you know, a star is born. Well, I didn't feel like a star, and I still don't feel like a star, and it's all about, you know, getting the job done, and that's quite honestly how I see it. Uh, that's a story they inclined, but I had a few of these incidents in my life. I proceeded to take over Ancline and really run a fairly successful business, but I started a company called Ancline 2, and that's where the bug hit me. I realized at that point what I liked to do was to start something from nothing. It wasn't creating and carrying forth the Ancline image, but really starting a brand new company without any rhyme or reason, just from pure concept. So with that idea, I started Ancline 2, and that was really successful. And I went to my partner, my bosses at the time, and I said, listen, I've got this little idea. And I'd like to start a collection of clothes for myself and my friends. I'll do Ancline, and I'll do Ancline 2, and I'll do everything else. But you know, I'm kind of bored, and I need just a few little pieces, a bodysuit, a wrap skirt, a pair of pants, a jacket, a scarf, a bag, a belt, a pair of stockings. Not much, just seven easy pieces that I know myself and my friends would like. And can I do this? And they said, well, this sounds like a pretty good concept. Why don't you start a business called Donna Karen? I said, hey, no way. I'm Ann Klein. How can I do Donna Karen? And they said, well, you're going to have to do it. You're fired. I go, oh, wait a second. No way. You mean everything that I've got, my security and everything else that I have, I've got to, like, not have any longer? So in my bedroom at my apartment, there was my husband and me. <laughs> and basically a black bodysuit and some black fabric. And with that, we started nine years ago a company called Donna Karen. And I had really myself, not the company, not anybody else around me. And I said, Stephen, I really need help. Now, here's my artist. He's brilliant. He's fabulous. He's you know, kind of like my idol in life. And I said, I really need your help. You know, could you talk to lawyers and all this kind of stuff that I really don't know anything about? And I said, you handle that, and I'll try putting this collection together. So with that, in my bedroom, after running this huge company, and I was, I was fairly successful, panic set in. 
how can I start this from nothing, from scratch? Well, we opened up the first collection and it was very, very successful. And the start of Donna Karen happened. I'm going to give you a real quick synopsis of what happened then. I thought it was going to be a small company, but that grew really quickly. Um, and then I needed a pair of jeans. I couldn't find a pair of jeans that fit me. My daughter was stealing my clothes, and I kind of find that I needed another way of dressing, that everybody was addressing executive women, but what about the clothes that women needed when they weren't working? Hence started a company called DKNY. Uh, I'd like to go back, why do I call it New York? Because I never felt my name was strong enough to hold a company. I felt that I needed an image, and my image was New York, and I felt, well, if Donna Karen didn't work, I know everybody would buy on to New York. So I thought Donna Karen New York had a really kind of great sound about it. But what it meant for me, it was about the energy of New York, the complexity of New York, the power of New York, the craziness of New York. I wanted to talk to, to people of New York, and it wasn't about clothes. It was about where people's heads were at. And for me, that's what's most important. I don't really consider myself a fashion designer. What I consider myself is working with people. And one of the biggest joys in life that I can possibly say, and I know the t minutes are ticking away kind of fast here, <laughs> um, that I wanted you to know that I'm one person, my husband's another, but it's all the people that are around me that really make a difference in the world. It's all of you. It's the working together with people. It's the creativity. Creating something from nothing is the level of creativity that I would love you to walk away with. Um, trying to make a difference in this world, no matter how small or how large, that it's not about you, but looking out in the world and seeing what can I do to really make a difference? Where are the holes? What people need is not another of what exists. You didn't need another Calvin and need another Ralph. Or, they're brilliant. They're fabulous. People of success have their own particular signature. They fill a void. So if looking around there, take a look and see the problems. And what Stephen said, it's really quite true. It is about problem solving. See how you can solve the problems. It really is a pleasure being with you today. And I know I don't think I have any time for any questions right now, but certainly outside, if anybody wants to see me, I'd be more than happy to help you. Thank you very much for having the opportunity. <laughs>